0: Get away from you. Brother Leitner came in this morning. He came down and sat on the front. He said, Preacher, time just got away from me this morning. I said, Brother, it got away from you. I got up this morning. I ate my bowl of cereal. I sat there for a minute and I said, Well, I'm going to relax just a second, have a cup of coffee, read the paper. I jumped up. I run in and jumped in the shower. and, And I don't know what it is anymore, but it takes me longer to find my razor anymore. It takes me longer to find my shaving cream and, and everything else that goes with this thing, you know. And I get to looking, and first thing you know, I look up at the time, and it's gone. The Bible says redeem the time because it's short. You know, every one of us, our families, you, the Bible says you better redeem the time before you know it, your family's gone. Your family life is gone. We need to redeem that time. And God tells us to. He should, uh, these verses also say that we should speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Bible says when a man gets saved, the Holy Spirit indwells him or her. In First Corinthians three and verse sixteen says, "Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you?" Now that's to Christians, that's to saved people. If you're saved here today, if you're born again, if you're a child of God today, keep in mind that the Holy Spirit indwells your body. He lives within you. Now, if you're saved and have the Holy Spirit in you, then by all means you ought to act like it. Now that's what I'm talking about today. If you're spirit-filled, then your home life ought to exemplify the fact that you are a child of God. Brother and Mrs. Uh, Brennan came in. Mrs. Brennan had some pictures. I said, hey, I want to see them. It was about their vacation. I said, I want to see how they act when they're away from church. And you look at the pictures and they'll tell you, okay, it's simply this. We ought to be the same. We ought to be the same in our home as we are at church. We ought to be the same at church as we are at home. We ought to be the same everywhere we go. If we're spirit-filled and the Holy Spirit lives within our body, we ought not to be different than when we're away from church. We ought to be the same all the time because the Holy Spirit is not in this building. The Holy Spirit is in us, in us individuals. Now notice something. Your home life ought to be the kind that will develop Bible character then. This is needed in America as never before. Today we have a generation of undisciplined young people. More dropouts of schools than ever before. More crime than ever before. Today we have three types of schools. We have the public schools. We have the Christian schools. And then we have, now they've come out with a dropout school. That is, if you don't like to go to the public school, that's too strict for you, then surely you're not going to go to a Christian school, you're not going to put up with their standards, and so you just drop out, and so now they have a school for you. If you've dropped out of everything else, they got a school for you. And if they won't keep you in any other school, the government will give you some type of degree, even though you have uh, no intentions of graduating. And that makes this generation rebellious towards authority. It makes this generation immature and not serious about anything. And most marriages are about the same way. There's no happiness in most marriages and the reason why there's no happiness is most marriages in most marriages are infidelity, no prayer life, no real love, no spiritual growth, and financial bondage. Now, there is no basis on the Bible also in the home today. We have tainted desires, no separation, insincerity, selfishness, no leadership, no encouragement, and being unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. That's what the homes are the majority off today A lady called me this past week and said I want to get married I said I'm already married but anyhow she wanted me to do her wedding for her. and I said, well I got a few questions for you she said, well let me explain to you me I've been married twice and my husband been married or my fiance been married twice I said, well let me explain something to you she said, well let me go further. I'm a Catholic and my priest won't do our wedding what are you calling me for then what are you calling a Baptist for you think I'm going to drop my standards brother well, I ain't going to do it now here's the thing that I'm saying here's a man and a woman that's already been married twice and they're going to get married again my goodness of life what's happened why do we have young ladies coming out of Our homes and marriage mean nothing to us. Why do we have young men that think they can have sex with young women and don't have to have any marriage vows whatsoever? Brother, I tell you why, it's because our homes are failing. Our homes are failing. Now, we have all the therapists, we have all the psychiatrists our nation can stand. We don't need the newest books off the presses to help our families. Did you know today there's more reading of books than ever before? And there's all kind of books telling you how to do it. There's all kind of books. You're financially, you know, you've got a financial mess, there's books out there on every shelf telling you how to be financially successful. Uh, get motivated in everything, everything in the world. Hey, if you're growing old, they got books out. I saw one the other day that they got a way now to keep you young. I'm very, very interested in that book. But uh, I come back and I find there's only one book that we need. One book. Did you know there's only one book that really gives the right plan for the home? Only one. That's Bi- That's the Bible. Now, the oldest book in all the world. You say, now, preacher, uh, I know my uh, teacher at school said they are older books. Well, the Bible says the Word of God was for before the world was ever born. So what are you going to do with that? I believe the Bible is the oldest book in all the world. Now, the Bible is the only book that God ever gave That God instituted the home, the family, the marriage. And by the way, the home and the family and the marriage is the oldest institution that God ever made. And it was the home that's the oldest institution. Be sure of this one thing. The reason we have all the incurable diseases, diseases today is because the home has been broken. The reason one out of every three children in America end up in single parent homes today is because the home has been broken. The reason there is no so much infidelity is because the home is not spirit filled. The home in America today is not what God wants it to be. Now what we need is subjection of the family to God today. Now I want to go through it very quickly I want you to stay with me. I want to give you some points. I wish you'd write them down that I believe will help every one of our homes today. If we help the home, we help the church. If we help the home, if we help the church, we help society. We help government. We help our everyday life. It begins in the home. Number one, we need a home of vows to God. Did you know that I have people that come to me and say, Preacher, we want to get married. I said, Okay, let me go with the vows. Vows? What are you going to make us vow? I said, I'm going to, make you, I'm going to not make you do anything, but if I'm going to do the wedding, then I've got a set, set of vows that you're going to have to be ready to commit to one another under certain vows. You're not only making vows to the wife and the husband, but you're making vows before a congregation of people is there to witness your marriage, and you're making vows before Almighty God is looking down on this ceremony. So it's very important in a wedding ceremony that you make vows. But wait a minute. That's not only so in the marriage ceremony. That's so in life every one of us needs to learn to make some vows in order to make our home a bible home it has to be a home of vows to God now someone's going to say I don't believe in making vows is that so if you don't then you're going to have to take your credit cards back just go ahead and take your serious card credit back and your walmart now if you take those two away from me I'm in much trouble I told a guy the other day down here at Sears, I said, why don't you make a walk way across here where I won't get wet. He said, where? I said, over to Walmart. That's my trail, going back and forth. i mean it's Sears and Walmart, all the time. And don't take those two cars away from me. But if you don't believe in vows, take them away, take them away. Hey, wait a minute, take that car you got away. I doubt seriously there's any of us in here that's ever paying slap-down cash for a brand-new car. If you are, I want to borrow some money from you this morning because there's not many of us can afford that. i tell you what, if you don't believe in vows, then take your car on back. Take it on back. How about your own? You say, Preacher, I don't believe in making vows. Well, live in out town on the street then because you made vows to make those payments. Listen, you do believe in making vows. The problem is you don't believe in making them to God. That's the difference. You'll make them to everything else in the world, but you won't make them to God. We make vows every day, and we keep vows every day. If you make a vow to pay a car payment and you don't make it, brother, they'll come get it. You make a vow to make a a house payment and you don't keep it, uh, they'll come get your home. You have to make vows every day of your life, and you have to make vows, and you have to keep vows. Isn't it strange to you today that people won't make vows to God and keep them? I've had people come down to this altar and get on their knees and say, oh, God, if you'll do this for me, I will do this for you. And they get up, and they never keep that vow. But they made one. They made one. Now, what is a vow? What is a vow? A vow is not something you make and then break. A vow is not something you make and then forget. A vow is something that you make and keep. Did you know the book of Proverbs says it is better not to even make a vow than it is to make one and break it? It's best you just don't make any. But then you ain't going to have nothing in this world. You might as well just go on in and live like a Because you do make vows. Let me give you something. Joshua said of his family, Brother, he made a vow. You know what he said about his family? As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a vow. Joshua said to Almighty God, As for me, in my house, I make a vow to you, almighty God, that I will serve you. And brother, follow Joshua along. He kept his vow. He kept his vow. Now, that's what we need today. Number two, there needs to be a vow of leadership by the husband of the home. Now, I know stand in a pulpit today and preach this kind of message and you expect tomatoes to be slung at you or something because of women's liberation and and, uh, if you ladies think that you've been liberated to work every day of your life and and to come home and still cook and still wash the clothes and still do everything I don't know what you're calling liberated to me that's double jeopardy but I know one thing and, and I know you're going to get mad at me, but you ought to listen to God's word, God's plan. Remember, I said in the first, you have a plan, I have a plan. Everybody has a plan, but God has a plan too, and God's plan works. Okay? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16 says, "Under the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I just seen some antennas school. Hair standing on it. I went to deal with a couple one night, and they was fixing to get married. And they sat in my office, and I said, Now, young lady, will you honor and obey your husband? She said, I'll never say that. I'll never say that in my marriage because I'm not going to do it. And I said, And I'm not going to do your wisdom. And out the door they stomped. Brother, I'm as serious as daylight. I said, I didn't say that. God said that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Let me ask you something. Who would argue that Jesus is the head of this church? Is there anybody in here? Is there anybody in here who would stand up and say, I don't believe Jesus ought to be the head of the church. I don't believe that Jesus ought to be the Savior of the body. He is. Well, if he is, then the Bible says just as Jesus is the Savior of the body and the head of the church, the husband is to be the head of the wife. God instituted this line of leadership in the beginning. Now, I didn't do that. God did. God made man and gave him woman to be his mate and help me. I often say this, that God took a rib out from under Adam's side, not his head and not his feet, but out from under his side and brought him a me alongside of him that ought to be the dearest thing to it his wife the closest thing to it because it came from out from under your heart sir the dearest thing to you ought to be your wife then God made man and gave him woman to be his meet and help uh, a maid then God called man to be the leader of the home and the marriage now watch this number one Every Christian man ought to make a vow to God to lead the home and the marriage. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That means to trust each other, not to be a sneak. That means to communicate with each other, not to up. That means to show proper treatment to each other say sweet things to her and to him. Do things for her. Be courteous and consider to her. The husband is the cheap, right relationships at home. you know what I found out? The strangest thing, I can get my wife to do anything I hope she got the sound turned off, but I can get my wife to do anything I want to, and you listen to me, fellas, they're in your home you sit around and say well I'll sell a boy year in the car so my wife comes and hugs and loves on me backwards sir you do the right thing to your wife and your wife will reciprocate to you and give you back the love that you want brother that's the word of God and that's the way it ought to be you ought to be the leadership in your home in your love and everything else about your home in the marriage you ought to be the leadership Number two, every Christian wife ought to vow a vow of obedience. Remember, let me carry you back for just a minute. called him my Lord you know what the book of Ephesians said that you are to reverence your husband lady that means that you're supposed to put him